Welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds in under 30 gambits that need your leader on the board. Today, I am your host, Phil, and with me as always, trusty co-host, Davey. How you doing, bud? I'm doing a lot better now. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you had a, a quick uh, fight with Nurgle and the Rona. Yeah, it didn't feel quick while it was happening, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was... Uh, family vacation that uh was to celebrate the in-laws 50th and uh i was telling people it's it's basically like if you uh, i don't know how many people are familiar with mad libs it's like a here's a story fill in the blanks uh, <laughs> sometimes you respect we we did a i got corona mad lib you know cause it's like yeah right totally unsurprising is just the details of exactly how it went down anyway so yeah yep but doing all right now good glad glad to hear you're feeling better um yep. just in time to uh dive back in for yet another new warband uh we knew we knew that the gore chosen were coming because they previewed one of the fighters a few weeks before man how long ago was that now i want to say it was a few weeks before hexbane's release even yeah i think uh i think we may have uh seen him in passing then uh yeah. while we're recording our, our last couple of episodes so um before yeah. they were on pre-order at the very yeah. least so uh coming much earlier than expected which is nice uh yeah. but <laughs> lots lots of new information it's really um, the underworld's way lately right like we we uh yeah. feel like you you know get uh we got that huge glut we got nether maze and the exiled dead both at the same time and then uh Heck, did we also get a loose? Well, whatever. We get yeah. uh, we get a whole bunch of content, and then months and months go by with nothing, and then boom, boom, like back to back warbands drop. Um, yeah, yeah, and so. actually, and another uh, uh, rivals deck. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess we're not gonna have like an episode probably about the deadly depths. Um, but they will be dropping at the same time. So uh, it is probably worth plugging here that uh, we will be doing, again, a card-by-card -card review. Um, it seemed to work pretty well last time on the blog. So we're going to try for that again. Yeah. So uh, if you want the card-by-card -card reviews, you can head on over there. Uh, for today, though, we are going to do a live deck build for these new Gore Chosen uh guys um but before we get too far into that uh, i guess a quick little bit of context first so you know when we're recording this is september 3rd um this is gonna be a week before the pre-order is when we're recording mm. um folks uh probably just saw uh, information from nova about their tournament which is cool that that's going on as well mm -hmm. yeah uh that is uh that is a good call out i guess we do some community shout outs the uh really? uh nova went down um i i didn't realize i guess i thought there would be some uh a, a bigger field there um but it's yeah. uh uh we gotta we gotta attend them to build them back up and so i'm glad some some people did um and i think we need a special shout out to uh gerard for first place bringing the troll out of semi-retirement <laughs> uh, oh, don't call it yeah. a comeback 
our uh, our buddy Jimmy is uh, best painted, and uh, Jason Murray got uh, best opponent. Which uh, I talked to him; he was he was real tickled, pleased about that. So nice, that was cool. Um, there was a uh, there was no hex banes there. Which gosh, shameful, shameful display, <laughs> everybody. Uh, no, yeah. that's, <laughs> people people took uh, what they're they're going to take it looked uh it looked a little little brawly i i um wasn't nearly as much of the hold stuff as i would have expected i saw a couple rippers couple crushes Molog, mad mob um yeah Jim, jimmy had sepulchral guard which were you know one of one of the standouts there as far as that goes but um i don't know how much you can read into a small field and the meta but uh uh gerard certainly made um of choice based on what he thought it was going to be there. Rob Malag and paid yeah. off. So, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen anyone play Malag in quite a while, but in theory, he mm-hmm. should be in a pretty good spot right now. So I, it, it's, you know, maybe some proof here. Um, yeah. And while it is a small field, it is a field of people who play frequently and a large number of folks from the vassal community. So, Yep, definitely. Um, definitely not large, but uh, probably a good representative sample of high quality play. Sure. Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I hope they, I know it was planned to be a two day, so hopefully they do something today as well. Um, uh, I, uh, from what I hear is it's just going to be kind of a, a pickup. Uh, I think a lot of the players who were in this mm-hmm. event, that event were uh, also playing in other systems so oh okay I think, uh, I think they'll have an informal thing just, going on just a few yeah play for funds kind of stuff sounds yeah. good yeah any other things you want to shout out from the community um there was uh oh yeah uh set the tempo We've been a little quiet for a while but uh, came back with a sort of meta analysis uh i guess by the time you're hearing this, there's a whole new set of cards and Warband yeah. to maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe shake things up, but, uh, I, it's, it's always a good read and, uh, I just encourage you to kind of keep your eyes out for uh, new content there. Cause, uh, I think I woke up one morning, saw I had a notification that he had something new. I was like, ah, oh, this is exactly what I need to kind of wake yeah. myself up is read about, read about underworlds. So, always um, good. yeah. And then actually I, I wanted to, uh, say thanks we we had to uh really kind of scramble because of uh travel mostly on my part uh to get our last couple episodes made and uh we continue to get uh i don't know why i'm still surprised but we continue to get a uh, surprising <laughs> amount of of uh, good feedback on the audio battle reports uh and the deck builds uh, i think people are just enjoying that different take on it and thanks for letting us know it means a lot uh, to hear yeah. from listeners so um had uh, had a bunch of Discord interactions and then uh, uh, a, a nice email in the inbox this morning when we woke up right before we uh, recorded was uh, was pretty cool. So, um, I uh, to be honest, uh, it was a uh, Mike Michael T is a, the one who sent something. He uh, <laughs> uh, entertainingly the subject line was not guilty. Uh, and <laughs> when I, when I saw that, uh, notification, when I, when I woke up, I was like, 
Oh, spam. Like, <laughs> I, was, I thought it was going to be some political thing. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, this actually looks like they're talking about. Oh, cool. So, yeah, appreciate that. I, I'll, I'll bop them a reply when we're done here. But uh, good, good stuff. Um, good. Yeah, I think we were hoping to do uh, in the same order a, a bat rep and uh, then deck breakdown. But my bout with COVID meant that our uh, options were a little more limited. So. Yeah, um, we're gonna we're gonna try it in a different order here, um, which maybe you like more if you if you like it in this order. If it doesn't matter, whatever you can. Yeah, you can let us always, know. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I I have a guess, but uh, have has anything been going on with you for hobbying? So, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> the. Uh, I was looking forward to getting back and I was like, I could do a little, do a little bit of hobby. Um, and obviously that got blown up. Uh, I, I've been discussing a bunch of underworlds just, uh, because we're, we've got our WTC team together, which yeah. by the time you hear this, there's still, there's a couple of days to get a team together. I think we dropped this episode about three days before the deadline. Yep. Um, so if you're listening to this very close to the release, uh, you can get motivated and get something together. I think there, last I checked, there were about five teams. Uh, looked like uh, Poland, Russian, Russia, Italy, us, and uh, a grab bag vassal team. Um, mm. So, no UK uh, team. That's no. Surprising. Well, uh, the Steel City is is uh, MIA. They were the ones that uh, I attached to last year and. Um, I think half of team UK was not from the UK last year. <laughs> so, like but yeah, you would think, um, if there's one place that it's, the game is doing particularly well, it's yeah. where they can have big old monthly bugsman's bugman's clashes. <laughs> and yeah, well, and I feel like there's a lot of vassal folks from the UK area, but I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, but yeah. And, and I guess it probably goes without saying, but I'm on that team and have been prepping for that as well. So yeah. Yeah. nothing, nothing too surprising there. Uh, should be fun. I have no idea how we're going to do. I feel like the competition level will be very high, but, um, it'll be fun either way. It'll be good. Uh, it's, uh, a thing that we've touched on before in the past is, you know, there can be a tendency. I, it's a fun thing about a game that despite the, uh, despite the prevalence of the internet and the ability to kind of cross pollinate across, uh, different, metas or local playgroups or whatever it, there is still a tendency for playgroups to develop their own uh tendencies and, and that sort of thing so you know like if uh if nobody's running real hard swarm hold objective then nobody's teching against it or, or mm-hmm. something like that yeah. so uh it'll be it'll be nice for a lot of our players to kind of uh, take a peek outside our own local local uh play styles and uh see what else is out there sure yeah be good yeah all right well i think we can dive in to start building this deck uh unless you've got anything else um no i think the only caveat i'm going to throw out here is uh and i guess is a little peek behind the curtains um we uh we of course thank gw for providing uh Mm -hmm. review copies so we can do this sort of thing ahead of time have this content ready for you on the day of release. Uh, one thing we don't know uh, is uh, we don't know anything about the far list. Um, Correct. We don't. We don't have input. We don't uh, any more than anybody else does. Um, 
and uh, and we don't have any clue as to when it's coming. So uh, with any of the stuff that we're making in advance, if we make it and discover that uh, on the day release, it's got <laughs> five or six restricted in it or something, then um, we're going to cover a bunch of different options and kind of refine it down. But uh, you, you may need a, a couple of tweaks. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, it shouldn't uh, be too bad. Yeah. And I think the hope is that we then will maybe bat rep with the list that we build here today. And so if we have to make some tweaks um, to do that, then we will. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we've got drums gore chosen. Um, I don't know about you, but when I first, when we saw the remainder of the Warband revealed, uh, I was rather surprised that it was a three fighter warband. Mm. Um, is, I, I guess I just assumed that we were probably getting some sort of a reworking of Magor's Fiends and they would be four fighters or like maybe there'd be three, but it would have some sort of gimmick for like some sort of fourth thing. Uh, since there's a slaughter priest, there might've been like a demon or something you could summon sort of a la yeah. eyes or, you know, whatever. Um, that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, feels a little bit more like, uh, crushes almost, but right. chaos crushes. So, right. Uh, I'm glad you said crushes cause I was about to embarrass myself. I was going to say that the, uh, the last non stormcast three fighter warband that we had, uh, seen, I was going to, I was going to throw out worm spat, but crushes mm. was obviously the correct answer. Yes. Uh, uh, unless there's something else I'm forgetting, but did uh, worm spat come out after the um rippers they did yeah okay it was yep. uh grimwatch rippers and uh worm spat and hrothcorn were got the, it yep that was a while ago now uh <laughs> but yes so crushes um and and they look kind of like maybe they fit in the same uh vein but uh i guess we can run down the fighters and then you folks can decide for yourselves um so normally, I think I would say we should start with the leader, but there's kind of a lot going on with him. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking maybe we save him for last. Uh, that works for me. Who do you want to cover first then? Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe we can just start with the first guy who is revealed and do sure. Skull Grinder Herax. Um, yeah. So uh, this guy's pretty... I guess I'd say pretty average. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's got like no keywords. He's just corn. Um, he's speed four, one block, four wounds. So everything pretty standard there. And his attack is range one, two smash, two damage with blood chains keyword and stagger. Uh, stagger seems pretty nice here, uh, but blood chains is a special ability. Um, so he can remove a blood tithe when he's making the attack. Um, I think it's pretty, you know, you kind of have to assume some things here, but I think it's in implied that when you make the attack, you can choose to remove a blood tithe counter and make it range two. Um, but the wording for the ability is literally remove one blood tithe counter from this card, colon, range two until resolved. Mm. So there's not actually anything that specifies a trigger for this um so we might need some clarification or people can just you know 
rather than our uh rather than go raw they can try and yeah I, there's here i'm not super interested in like debating uh i, I understand why either. people are having that uh, i think the one thing i was wondering uh, there's i think there's a few things i don't know i wonder if there's effects that can pop up like reactions that only affect like range one and then you can on the fly turn this into a range two or something like I'm, I'm trying to think about because it doesn't have a timing either yeah. so it's a little maybe it's yeah i it's gonna need there's gonna be some weird interactions probably but on the whole i don't think it's really all that complicated you he can just choose to pull a token and uh get an extra range which two range two smash two damage is pretty nice yeah what token is that though phil uh a blood tithe token yeah uh well conveniently it's right on his card uh <laughs> so so blood tithe is their shared mechanic across the whole warband so this will be fairly important for all the fighters um so after setup you give a blood tithe to each of them so they'll all start with one and then after an activation step in which this fighter dealt damage or was dealt damage and that after an activation step is pretty important because it does mm -hmm. have to happen during an activation mm -hmm. um uh, so then any damage other than lethal hex, uh, you give the fighter a blood tithe counter. Um, and this does also tie into their inspire mechanic, which is also universal. And it is when they have three or more blood tithe counters, they inspire. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a couple uh, words in there that are also important, like you mentioned, uh, uh, after an activation step, which uh, which I think it's easy for people to overlook and think, uh, after an action, uh, this will be after the whole activation. So if you put mighty mm -hmm. swing on somebody and they went in and hit three different ghouls or something like that, it's, yeah. it's still only going to be the one blood tithe. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, uh, reactions would still happen before the activation is over. So if you had some sort of reaction that put a damage, no, cause it has to be this fighter dealt the damage, but I guess if you dealt damage to your fighter with a reaction, I don't know, like, there's some weird stuff you could try and do, but I don't know that it's worth trying to slot stuff in there. Most of the time, it will be you dealt damage with an attack or were dealt damage by an attack. Mm -hmm. Or was dealt damage uh, other than by a lethal. So uh, I think there's uh, a, a few things like you could run into somebody's uh, blood rack mask uh, bubble or something yes. like that. Not technically a lethal, but it, uh, yeah, it, it and does get you damage, one damage. So. Um, it, it is a, it is a rule that you're just going to have to 95% of the time you will, you will know what it does. And then 5% of the time you're going to have to <laughs> double check the wording and be like, ah, does this actually yeah, count right yeah. now? So, uh, I guess, what do you, what do you think of that? Um, the blood tithe? Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. Um, so they start, you only need two to get, so I think every once in a while you'll, just inspire real easily if uh mm -hmm. if you you know you start with one if somebody attacks you hits you and then you attack him back and then you're inspired uh, but other times you're going to be pressured to spend some of that i i would expect it's a rare game where all these guys will be inspired um, I, I would agree and i think uh i think it is it feels a little along the lines of uh, Dread Pageant where uh, they don't count on the Inspire. Sometimes it happens 
for them. And it's great mm-hmm. when it does, you know, because Vasilek gets cleave and goes to three damage or, or whatever. Uh, but I think a lot of times they plan on operating, uh, not counting on getting the Inspire. Um, and I think different members of this warband want it more than others. Um, Skull Grinder, the only thing he gets is an extra point of damage on that uh, on that attack. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not like bad by any means to get plus one damage when you're inspired, but you don't yeah. you probably don't chase it. Right. I mean, it's like if it happens, it happens. And that's great. But I'm mm-hmm. not going to go out of my way to make sure that it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's he's pretty basic. Uh, I don't think there's really anything else to say there. And we got all the sort of um, universal mechanics out of the way. Yeah, he's uh, I think he's an important as we'll see. He's the fastest starting speed of anyone on the war band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, add that to the fact that he can optionally get himself to range two. He's got the longest starting threat range. Um yeah, he maybe gets getting all rolling modifiers. Exactly, and that stagger makes him a so it it makes him a potential candidate for an early accuracy boost to hit somebody, stagger them, and then set set up the rest of the warband to come in. Yeah, uh, and and make some stuff happen. So yeah, and and like with most other elite warbands, you really don't have any dead weight. Um, all the fighters matter. All of them mm. are going to need to do work. So yep. yes, he he's maybe like the the most bread and butter, but he is definitely going to still need to be uh, involved for the sure. strategies to work out. Sure. How, how about the Gore Hulk? What is uh, what the heck is this guy about? Uh, well, let me let me first say this guy really looks like he's turning into a Korgoroth, which is yeah. a AOS um, kind of small monstery thing. Uh, there's a lot of visual cues that kind of make it look like he's headed that way. Um, Very much so. Which is, which is pretty fun. Um, uh, that, that poor model has never seen an independent release, but, uh, uh, the Gore Hulk has no time for weapons. He just, <laughs> just no. barehanding it. Uh, so gun show all day long for the Gore Hulk. Oh yeah. Starts out, uh, speed three, one block, five health. So starts out large, uh, Two attack actions. Uh, his crushing grip is a very hard skull attack action. That's range one, two fury, three damage, and then choking grip, uh, range one, two smash, one damage, with throttle and stagger. So this guy can also stagger people. Um, yeah. And then the throttle rule is after the deal damage step, give the target one move token, and they cannot be driven back by this attack action. And you can remove one of the fighter's blood tithe counters. If you do, deal one damage to that target. So you can optionally bump this attack up to two. Um, you're going to stagger them. And then if you give them a move token, they're going to need a push to get away from you. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is a, a way to kind of set up and lock down uh, a fighter if you're not just going for the kill shot with your crushing grip. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning that he is a brawler. Um, that's a good point there's a number of cards that have seen pretty good use that require brawlers so um, something to keep in mind there i was not expecting anything in a corn war band to be handing out move tokens yeah Um, i like the idea though yeah yeah uh i'm very curious as to like how much of an impact that'll have do you think that there's a 
Like, is there going to be a good reason for wanting to focus on giving out move tokens rather than worrying about just killing opponent, opposing fighters? I, I think it's going to be pretty uh, situational. Uh, I think it becomes more and more important later in the game as there's fewer and fewer fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the fighters that would want to just stay in brawl with you are going to stay in brawl anyway. And a lot of yeah. the fighters that would r- want to run away are potentially going to get killed if you go with the other attack <laughs> yeah um so that's t- not having not having played him out um yeah it's, it's hard to say but uh uh i i've played some warbands that tried to chase the stagger before um like my time with dintelos uh, if you really want your attack that has stagger to get off um it's not gonna land <laughs> so yeah, right well um, and, and two smash is good but not like super reliable so i mean if you're trying to use this as a setup you know it's, it's usually going to probably be about a 50 50 so yeah uh yeah i, I don't know this is a very random comparison but uh i guess maybe not that much but uh back in uh season one there was uh art skulls boys not art skulls boys iron skulls iron skulls boys yeah um and their leader had an upgrade card, which I remember every time I saw it, I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. And it was uh, it was headbutt. headbutt. Yeah, exactly. Two smash, two damage, give the target a charge token. I was like, that's amazing. Uh, you just lock somebody down because you hit them. And I was like, well, honestly, like his, you know, like he's hitting for three damage on his card. Uh, this could just be great strength and just kill the person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, okay. Like yeah, they can't run away if they're dead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think there's a lot of uh, experimentation to do with these guys, but mm. uh, so this guy also, you know, will get blood tithe. I don't know that there's really going to be a need to pull blood tithe off of the Gore Hulk um, mm. every so often, maybe, but like, if you're doing the choking grip attack, I don't think you care about the damage anyway. So like, I think more often than not, you just stack them up. Yeah. And... I think, uh, I think the, his, his biggest pull for those will be uh power cards, which we'll yep. talk about later. Yeah. But are, are you about to talk about whether it's worth uh, saving him up to inspire this guy? Well, I was just going to say that I think because of that, he'll probably be the one who inspires the most frequently. Mm. Uh, and, maybe intentionally he also seems to get the most out of inspiring yeah um i think because he's stuck at range one um he's got the least control over his inspire but yes he's he's got the fewest things that are trying to drive him to uh pull those down but yeah that inspire is nice uh get an extra point of speed an extra wound which is a pretty rare thing to see on a on a inspire it goes up to six that makes him one of the top four biggest boys in the game um yeah and then uh crushing grip gets an extra dice choking grasp uh choking grip gets an extra dice uh and also gains ensnare so it becomes fairly <laughs> accurate three smash ensnare yeah i think three fury three damage is pretty nice um yeah, there's not too many more attacks that are more accurate than that with that much damage in the game. So, yeah. uh, like that. I don't know. He'll. I think he is your bruiser. Um, I. I kind of wonder if you almost use him also as just like 
a protection piece like mm. it's like if you move in towards me he's he's right there and he's scary um and he's hard to bring down so mm-hmm. i like the gore hulk's design i think it'll be interesting to see what people come up with to just figure out what to do with him one thing that i think could be fun which uh, maybe we'll hit on later more um but if you can give him scything uh choking grip is very strange because you could give a move token to multiple fighters mm, true yep um yeah i think uh he's he's the one that feels the most fun to me like when i think about which fighter i'm excited about yeah. using on the table also because his miniature is oh, chunky yeah <laughs> looking looking pretty cool well i'll have to do a size comparison once i get him built oh yeah how does he stack up against some of these other big models yeah Get him, get him next to Slake Slash. See what that looks like. Yeah. All right, but we've uh, we've waited um, patiently. Now, mm-hmm. probably the most important fighter for the warband, uh, the yeah. leader, Drom. Yeah. Uh, what's his deal? Uh, Drom is unsurprisingly also keyworded corn, and then he's the first one that we've seen printed on the card, a priest. Yeah. Um, what his real deal is that is he's got an amazing hat, um, so. <laughs> crazy hat, great big cape, weird yeah. like tusks all over him. Uh, yeah, some interesting, interesting it, fashion choices here. It's that chaos vibe. Where you're like, I don't know if I'm looking at uh, something that is a mutation of yours or if it is a fashion choice of yours. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe a um, bit of both. Exactly, uh, but uh, he looks pretty fabulous. Um, so. He's, uh, he's ready for the catwalk. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, he's obviously the leader. He's a priest. Uh, uh, speed three, one block, five health. So another large fighter right out of the gate. Uh, we're going to see for various reasons why it may be particularly important to keep him safe, depending on how you built your deck. Uh, he starts with just a, a native range two. So range two, two smash, two damage. Yeah. Um, that's his blood blessed axe and staff. So, uh, that staff can reach out and touch people. Uh, that base range two means that he has the most potential for hitting again and again in a given round. Yes. Um, uh, so he has the easiest time, I guess, uh, generating blood tithes since he can potentially activate. He's less likely to have to charge to be able to get an attack off. Yes. Um, However, he's got the greatest demand on his blood tithe as well. Um, yeah, by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and some of that is from this uh, action that's right on his card. And this is Enrage. This is action. Remove X blood tithe counters from this card where X is the round number. Choose a visible fighter with no move and or charge tokens within four hexes. The chosen fighter's player makes a charge action with that fighter, then stagger that fighter. Plus one dice to friendly fighters range one attack actions during that charge action. Uh, I'm going to admit to having forgotten about the stagger caveat there um, mm-hmm. uh, when we're talking about it. So lots to lots to cover here, right? Yeah. Um, it is uh, cheap-ish early on, very expensive later on. Three tithe is is a lot to have built up and not used on other things. Uh, it is specifying so you can be using it to uh, send one of your friendly fighters in with a plus one dice on their attack, which is uh, handy in and of itself. Um, yeah. 
but the one that generates the the most uh, question marks and and I don't mean that in a how does this work, but as a, as a how how can I get a lot of advantage out of this is the you can force an enemy fighter to charge, which is pretty wild. Um, first time we've really seen something like that. Yeah, uh, and it, I guess it makes sense with Corn that you're gonna like just give somebody like blind rage or whatever. But I honestly would not have if someone were to ask me like if you're gonna have a mechanic that forced an opponent's fighter to do something, you know, what warband would that be? I probably would have said like Zinch or something. Yeah. Uh, but no, Corn. Uh, <laughs> I feel like on the Age of Sigmar tabletop, these these guys have had a, a prayer for a while that can force an enemy unit to run at them. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I, they've I got some stuff like that. Must be capturing a bit of that. Uh, it's nuts. So... I go back and forth between thinking like this is a crazy strong ability and being like, no, actually they've thought a lot about it. Uh, because at, at one point I was like, well, yeah, you just, you know, you get those late game things where it's kind of a standoff. Uh, you each only have one or two fighters and you're trying to get as many activations out of that now probably souped up fighter. Cause they have the benefit of the whole game's worth of upgrades on them. Uh, you can use this to say, no, you're going to have one activation and that's it. And then you're going to be stuck because you're going to have a charge token. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's really, and I was like, oh, well, what I'm using in that case, I need three blood tithe. Uh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, I'll just do it in the first round and, and get somebody forward and then just wail on them for uh, four activations. Like, well, no, I won't wail on them for four because I've used one to give them a free activation. So yeah, they've gotten a charge with somebody and then... And then uh, have, still have their four activations remaining. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So many like cost benefit analyses to do here. Yeah. Um, I really think that we'll need to see them on the table to fully grasp like how good is this? Yeah. My guess yeah. though, <laughs> if I had to bet without seeing them on the table first is that this is actually very good and very impactful. And the only reason that I think that is because there are so many limits on how it works. Mm-hmm. The cost Which, increases every round. Yeah. They have to be visible. They yeah. can't have a mover charge token already, and they have to be within four hexes. Yeah. <laughs> I get the yeah. feeling it started better, and they probably were like, whoa, this is too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does feel like an ability to said, we want him to be able to do this thing. Uh, make his own guys charge better or uh, force enemies to charge. And then they figure out all the things they had to do to make it reasonable. So yeah, I agree. I, this is 100% going to win a game. Oh yeah. Uh, for, for somebody when they, when they managed to pull this off at the right time. So yeah. Uh, um, it, I mean, hold objective warbands beware. This is going to be terrifying if he's got the ability to use it. And it's like the last activation of the round. Yeah. You know he's just gonna pull you off, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you're not gonna be a pushback on. So, uh, I think that that is in and of itself. I mean, if 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 these guys only play well into hold objective warbands, that'll be good enough by itself, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about uh, that huge drain on his is uh, in or on his uh, blood tithe total because he's going to be tempted to use it for this or uh other cards that 
we may talk about later. Um, if somehow he managed to collect three, maybe because he's saving up for that round three in rage, uh, he will get an extra point of speed. His uh, weapon will go from two smash to three fury, and it will gain grievous. Yeah. Um, when I first saw the axe attack, I thought, wow, two range, three fury, two damage with grievous. That's probably uh, one of the better uh, just attack profiles that we've seen um, because it's fairly accurate and has decent damage Um, and then uh, but you reminded me that uh, (laughs) season one we already had much better than that in uh, the warden yeah and uh, (laughs) and then looking through a few other fighters uh, actually there's there's already a number that are uh, pretty equal or even better than this so I was I was a bit uh thrown off um probably because they're all warbands i don't really play <laughs> but yeah i mean there's a lot out there that's every every time now i i feel like we're about to make a statement like i think this is the best or the only or the any anytime we make some declarative yeah, right. superlative i'm like ah oh, man i can already feel myself being wrong here i'm sure i have a blind spot to a, a warband out there that i'm just not thinking of at the moment i hear a future keyboard clacking to let us know that (laughs) we are grossly mistaken but uh so that's all the fighters um i guess it bears noting they start with 14 total wounds on just three fighters so that's pretty nice um Mm -hmm. if you can inspire gorehulk you've got 15 which is the same as crushers which uh we know crushers have always been really hard to shift Mm. Um, but there are some reasons for why they're hard to shift. So maybe it will not play out exactly the same, but I think high wound totals are just always a problem, um, that people have to solve. So, yeah, seems like some interesting fighters, not as straightforward as I was expecting. Uh, I really thought it was just going to be axes, go burr corn again. (laughs) Um, but no, uh, definitely not. Yeah. Um, but so now that we have the fighters sort of run down, uh, we have to kind of decide what kind of strategy do we think works best for them for building this deck? Yeah, I mean, there's jokes you can make like Gore Hulk Smash, right? Yeah, like they're, right? yeah. <laughs> they they uh, they're obviously interested in, in brawling. Uh, their whole inspire mechanic involves them taking or dealing damage during an activation yeah um but the red flag here is that at the start two of them have speed three one has speed four uh they've got a little bit better range but uh i've i've done steel hearts plenty uh speed three range one that's a that's a tough uh tough act to do if you're trying to go aggro um yeah yeah helped a little bit by the the way that uh the Harrow Deep and Nether Maze seasons have made objective placement be. It's it's a little harder to hide way at the back as than it, than it was back in uh, Night Vault and such. But um, yeah, that's a that's a challenge you're gonna have to overcome for sure. So so we have Brawly Aggro, um, yeah. sort of the first first option. Um, <clears throat> it does kind of seem like, given how tough they are, they might be able to pull off something in a bit of a steel hearts vein where they're more interested in finding a spot on the board that they want to sort of camp and then be like, well, 
either you come and shift me because I'm going to score if you don't, or, you know, you try and stay away and then, uh, I just get to hang out on my objectives or whatever and score up. Uh, I guess we also saw, um, crushes do that for a little while with their hold two strategies. That is true. So I think that's potentially an option, although, um, I don't think they have as many tools for holding objectives, so it's maybe a little bit harder. They, uh, yeah, they have a few things that are pointing them in that direction, um, or not point, not in that direction specifically. They have, there's a few cards that say like hold these objectives or, yeah. or be in this spot, but uh, designers were fairly clever in trying to, I think, avoid that crush a thing, and a lot of those things require them. Uh, the infaction ones say like. Yeah, you can hold stuff, but you need to be around the midline. You can't, you can't like walk into the back corner. And yeah, talk about how much you love blood and skulls, but <laughs> stand around playing patty cake instead. Yeah, some uh, some poser corn going on there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so we know they've they've got some stuff that likes the middle of the board. So then, uh, there there is a fairly common sort of just across the line aggro uh, that I feel like I've seen a number of times this season. Um, kind of seems like maybe these guys could do that too. I think so. Uh, I, I think uh, you and I were, were talking about styles and I think that's a little bit where we landed was yeah. this might be the best bet. Um, I, think the, I think the surges lend themselves pretty well to that play style right now. Yeah. And then I think it's, it's worth mentioning um so we're probably not going to talk about it a lot so we can kind of just get it out of the way here um they have a couple of cards that care about fighters being wounded Mm. um so there is a potential to build them as like a weird damaging control build where you're not trying to get kills necessarily but you're just trying to spread out a whole bunch of damage yeah um that definitely feels like the most risky choice but uh it could work with the ability to make your opponent have to charge and there's some other cards that we can cover too that talk um about some control elements i don't think we need to talk about it for that playstyle here because i think like i said it needs more experimentation but uh if you're not already in that weird brain uh, mindset, you can, and you like that kind of thing, like I do. Uh, yeah. There, there's something here for those guys. Yeah. But so, uh, midline aggro. Let's let's stick with that. It sounds like, and we can start building this deck. Um, okay. Sounds good. I think we usually like to start objectives, and knowing that we're pretty interested in being in the middle of the board let's see what we can find for some surges to start with yeah uh and i think you were kind of the the blazing the trail on this for us a little bit the the two that jump out as kind of partners there uh to some degree is uh horrors in the dark and sudden revelation yeah um i think you know if you've been playing this season you've probably seen it uh, you get two fighters on the cover hexes and you flip them and there you go. Uh, it should be fairly straightforward to be able to place one objective token just across the line and then put a cover hex in no one's territory. 
Uh, and then you just have to move your fighters onto those tokens and you got yourself uh, horrors. And if you're on those, you can flip them. So I, I think that that would just make sense. Um, that's pretty hard to stop. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think that that is an easy starting point. <laughs> well, and I'll say this, like hard to stop uh, doubly so because if you are going to try to beat them to it like oh i'm gonna stand on this before they can stand on they're like sweet great Perfect. sounds good uh <laughs> i'll chop and chop and chop yeah um and i think that's also where their range two attacks are helpful because mm. if somebody comes forward they can get free attacks so yeah uh so there's two um i think it's worth uh, mentioning that again, they're in faction surges. There are only four, which has been the pattern lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and three of the four are kill surges. Yes, of varying qualities. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think there's one. Well, that three three of the four are kill surges, and there's a universal that's uh, just a better kill surge for them. Yeah. Uh, now <laughs> sort of sort of steals their thunder a little bit a little bit but you almost think of it as, like they they knew what they were doing with this release yeah. like what was coming out so you figured somebody was like yeah this is effectively this isn't a, a gore chosen card but it's a gore chosen yeah card. it's effectively like a fifth search for their faction yeah um, uh we are of course talking about savage slaughter uh and this is a card that uh just is dropping simultaneous it's a, a chaos grand alliance one surge hybrid uh, I honestly couldn't remember what the other caveat was. Um, uh, <laughs> I, well, <laughs> I don't think it matters. Yeah. The first one is score immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action uh, that takes the target out of action if the friendly fighter uh, is a beast or corn fighter. So corn warbands rejoice. You now have a kill surge that has no requirements about where you're standing where the enemy's standing any of that business no tokens that you need to have yeah nothing about who has how many wound tokens just yeah get a kill that's uh that's a that's a pretty as as kill surges (laughs) come it doesn't get any better than that so yeah yeah um it does have the other thing is like or the friendly fighter has no upgrades which um is a pretty rough caveat to, to have so yeah but uh i i think i in my opinion i think you probably throw savage slaughter in this I, yeah uh, I mean, until until you see otherwise that's i think i'm almost always stuck putting at least one kill surge in um and you can't do better than savage slaughter for these guys definitely um i guess just to just to mention their their infection ones one of them is uh basically a it's like a season one reprint basically uh you need um to get a kill where you dealt exactly enough damage Mm -hmm. um i don't actually remember what it was called but we had a precise use of force is what you're thinking force it was exactly the same card but it was universal back in the day and then brutal reckoning is uh you're you're killing somebody and the friendly fighter had a blood tithe counter and or a wound counter which probably also happens like if you didn't have that other one i think brutal yeah. reckoning is maybe uh, also quite straightforward um though neither of them are bad uh, as kill surges go so like if you're doing rivals plus or something that's actually pretty nice yep and then the the other one is a little bit weirder um 
not technically a kill surge, but uh, it's a duel where if an enemy fighter is taken out of action, doesn't matter how, and a domain gambit is persisting, you get to score this. Um, yeah, that's actually an interesting one because uh, I mean I don't I don't think we're taking it, but no. I think there's a, a build that's real ping heavy. Yes, um, and they have a lot of different domains, so uh, this is this is one that you could score. Um, you could score off of the the back of pings. Is that even true? Is it after an activation or just after? Nope, just immediately after. So it can okay. happen anytime. So you can yeah. score it after a power step or after an activation step. Yeah, power step scores are always pretty handy. Yeah, um, um, I think this the potent offering surge is one that goes in that control build instead of the aggro builds. So we definitely sure. don't want it now, um, but I think that there is play for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that puts us at three surges right now. We're uh, we're uh, Savage Slaughter, uh, Sudden Revelation, Horrors in the Dark. Um, I think uh, it may be early to use a restricted, but I think... Um, this is a, a warband I'd probably put contest to equals in. Yes, I I think most warbands that are going to be planning on making any amount of attacks, I think you just put it in. Uh, mm -hmm. I think there's a good chance of it just kind of happening incidentally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and of course, there's always the lucky, no one rolled successes. I guess yep. I'll score this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely, I like that one. Um, think it's a perfect use for a restricted slot in the current meta uh and then we've got to figure out two more um i think at this point you're starting to get into some less ideal options um in their faction cards the remaining uh surge is one i would consider um so this is you score immediately after a friendly fighter is dealt damage by an attack action that did not take them out of action uh, with five and six wound fighters, that feels pretty likely to come up. Um, yeah. So I think I'm, I think I'm putting this in. I think there is uh, more and more. I mean, we we do get into these one shot ranges, but I think um, early on, this is uh, this is pretty scorable. Yeah, um, and I feel if, like most most folks are usually not going too far above four damage in an attack and yeah. since that's still not putting them in one shot kill territory for your warband um feels like it'll probably come up at some point in the game yeah so that's untouchable fury uh we have five surges now one restricted uh where else can we look well um so so we do have some of the other flip options um so ever downwards is a bit of a stretch but if you feel pretty uh good about the second condition where you can flip it with a leader and score that way uh, maybe but i don't know that you want to put drum on that hex uh at least not right away um so it is a possibility but it feels a little risky uh and then shadow elimination sort of the same deal um in fact it's probably worse because you act shadow elimination is both you have to flip it in enemy territory and you have to be on it after the power step ends yeah um so i think we can definitely just not take that one 
Uh, and then the only other one that I pulled out that might just be a pretty easy option for chaos, since they're a chaos warband is all too real. Um, this does give us another build restriction though, in that we do need illusions. Um, well, we don't have to, but it's easy to score with illusions. So, so for folks who aren't very familiar with the card, this is a hybrid surge where you can either score it by, uh, Having a friendly fighter's upgrade attack action take a target out of action, yuck. Uh, <laughs> or a friendly fighter can make a successful illusion attack action. Yeah, I. It's uh, it really kind of pushes us a particular way in deck building, which I don't think we're ready to do yeah. just yet. I, so. I was thinking the same thing. So those are the options that I had pulled as things that felt like they kind of work with this sort of like hold in the middle strategy um is there anything else that you thought of or um so there's some questions about like uh do we put primacy into the mix with this warband um depending on what power cards we have uh you know could could uh affect some of that stuff um i there, let's see. I, branching fate is not great because you no. you're not getting there <laughs> with uh, with with that. Um, the uh, there's kill surges which are tough because that's you, we already have the one. Not super excited to to do more than that. Yeah. Um. So it it is. Uh, you know, I think it, the question is raised as as uh, including primacy uh, in this make sense um or or uh, what else can we do there yeah uh, i think including primacy is not a bad choice um you're not going to give it up very much yeah um, uh that's true and the the other the only other thing is like that something like surge of aggression is going to uh give you the give you the problem of uh you will give up um another restricted slot to, to pull yeah it in. Um, it would be very easy to score. Uh, so maybe we temporarily put that one in because it's super simple and then see where we end up in power and upgrades as to like, are we feeling pinched by not having access to more restricted? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair way to go. Um, there's the. Deadly Depths didn't have a whole lot as far as surges go. No. Um, the only one I looked at there is a uh, Surging Darkness immediately after an activation if two or more friendly fighters with charge tokens are on feature tokens. Um, just with only three of you yeah. there, you're, you're interested in being on them, but it's uh, it's maybe a little bit too restrictive in your positioning to ask for that. I agree. I also think that there's a fair chance, at least in my mind, that you just, if if you're wanting to, you know, round one, you probably just use a move action with Drom rather than a charge, mm. get him into position. And then he's like, well, I'm reach two. And if you want to come towards me, you can. Because um, then he has the actions for Enrage still open, but he's put himself in a much better position to use it. And then he can just reach out and touch people with that staff so yeah um that then means if you have it in your opening hand it, it's f- even further limiting your options yeah 
Um, so I agree. Uh, so I think we'll we kind of can keep like that one or something like ever downwards as sort of potential backups, but I don't feel great about either of those options. So um, we'll we'll hopefully just be able to go with uh, the uh, restricted, and we'll get we'll get primacy in the deck, and we'll just uh, we'll just go open the waking gate. And be all set. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, do you, you want to? <laughs> no, we won't spend <laughs> yeah. time on that here. Dude, it's a it's a crazy uh, three glory surge that came out in the universals with these guys. And if you want to uh, break down on that, you can uh, check our blog or any one of the uh, yeah uh, people are doing the card by card. It yeah. is a weird one. Okay, uh, so we've got our surges. We're pretty solidly just kind of being able to score from moving towards the middle of the board. So where does that leave us for what we want to look for in uh, end phase? Mm. Uh, what I was hoping to prioritize with these picks are things that can score if the enemy has said, like, I want to avoid fighting these guys for as long as possible. Yep. If they're going to hang back, uh, because I think these guys will be happy if you're coming to them and they can just start throwing punches. So you need to be able to score something reliably on your way in. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm looking at more single end phases, single glory end phases than I might otherwise, um, yeah. otherwise do, but, uh, there's some, there's some twos in there. Was there anything in faction that, uh, jumped out at us? Yeah. So I think one to consider, um, especially as that sort of like moving in score, uh, is worshiped in battle. This is a duel for two that you score in an end phase if two or more surviving friendly fighters have one or more blood tithe counters, which uh, in round one is pretty much, if you want it, it's a guaranteed thing. And those fighters are within one hex of no one's territory, uh, which we decided is what we want to do. So, I mean... I think it it has a much tougher time in the late game. You might be using up those blood tithe. You may have been forced out of standing right in the middle of the board, but uh, for a passive two score, that feels pretty solid to me. It does. It's one of those, uh, I tend to prioritize an objective if you can score it early without a whole lot of help. Uh, and this is one of those. Sure um, is. You, you all start with a tithe. So even if they turn around and run away from you, you can just walk forward uh, yep. and get this pretty easily. Yeah. Um, if they've long boarded you and there's zero chance they are getting to the enemy. <laughs> you're like, well, I guess I'll just go stand in the middle. Yeah. Hope you, hope you picked a smart, uh, long board choice. <laughs> then, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think we can start with that. I think, uh, after some play testing, you decide whether that feels like it, should yeah, stay or not yeah. we can i mean i think there's there's some potential that late game it it is too risky and it has to be pulled but i think for right now it seems like it's probably uh right in the game plan and easy enough to score sure another infection end phase uh what do you got uh there's if we're still talking about midline um uh, there's some of these ones i well actually I'll, I'll detour again for a second uh <laughs> uh away from those ones there's another two glory that um i'm pretty interested in this is glorious battle yep 
uh, score this in an end phase. If four or more fighters each have one or more charge tokens and or one or more blood tithe counters. Yeah. Um, so the four charges is like that means that you're because there's four fighters have to do something this is one of your one of your enemies has to do something and they generally can't have blood tithe unless you're mirror matching um it's great and so yeah yeah uh (laughs) so what you need is for the enemy to make a charge um now if you notice if you get a situation where like well an enemy made a charge in that first round then you've got this uh, as long as you have your three guys alive. So I think in my mind that was worth doing. And then later you're probably going to be mixing up, you know, three, your three will charge. Um, I, this feels similar. It doesn't feel busted, but it feels doable. And at two glory, I'm willing to give it a, I'm willing to give it a go. Yeah. I think there's plenty of enemy warbands that will, make a charge um yeah for some reason or another you know if they've got like a range two fighter and they're like well i'll just come in and you know start putting damage down or they've got range three and they're like just wanting to start to ping damage um because they know they need to hit multiple times to bring these guys down Mm -hmm. um and if you can pretty well guarantee that somebody is going to have a charge counter then you can just be like well uh i i can as long as the one opponent charges, you can pretty much guarantee this. And that's about as much as you can ask for, for a two glory end phase. I think so. Um, so I, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. They, they, uh, it's for a different play style. There's grim satisfaction is a three glory thing that, uh, has a lot of restrictions. You can read about it if you want, um, yeah, but it I won't, it won't match on. ours. But any, anytime somebody has got a three glory end phase, that's not third end phase. I'm like, Oh, what? Tell me more. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, uh, spoiler alert, it does not require kills. So that is also kind of a, mm. a really interesting point there. I mean, a lot yeah. of times you'll see these three end, glory end phase, but it's like more fighters, enemy fighters are out of action than are alive. And it's like, well, mm uh that's probably not happening most games (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah so i don't know that one's interesting but um we can we can revisit in a a later time and you guys can go read about it so we've got uh two glorian phases so far uh two of them Mm -hmm. uh do we want to stick with anything else in faction or do we start looking at universals at this point the only other in faction that i wanted to uh mentioned there's these there's two one is very positioning agnostic and this is a worthy offering yeah uh and this is uh one glory in the end phase if your warband has two or more blood tithe counters uh super easy yeah. that actually feels super easy up and down the line because you either have it at the start because you started with them or you have it later because you've landed some hits or been hit um, you could have both those blood tithe on the same person. So, yeah, uh, I think I start with that in, uh, and then pull it. If I, if I find, I, I don't think you're going to find much more reliably going off. I think you pull it if you need to increase your glory ceiling or something, but uh, yeah, agreed. I mean, like the, really the only reason you wouldn't use that, I think is, um, if you just are like, I don't have enough glory, I just need to have higher ceiling on the glory total which yeah i think almost every deck 
tends to run at least one one Glorian phase because it's like I need something reliable here. Yeah, and that's about uh, as reliable as they come. It does. Uh, the other one that I I don't want to put in right now, but want to keep in mind if we are running out of options is uh, Blood Claim. Yeah, this is uh, score this in an end phase if one or more friendly fighters each hold an objective within one hex of no one's territory. So uh, are you holding an objective in and around the midline? You're hopefully already trying to do something like that with horrors in the dark or uh, sudden revelation. You're, you're incentivized to step onto one of those features. Uh, it's a little tough, but it, it is a thing that you can just kind of score on your way through. Um, yep. So, uh, keep it in mind, but, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm down to take a look at some of the other, um, some of the universals if you are. Yeah. I think, I think we can at this point just say, um, quickly that the remaining end phase cards are either you could, you could argue that they're just for a different play style, or you could just say that they're probably just not worth it. That the, the amount of work for what you get is not valuable mm. um so in terms of universals uh the first one that jumped out to me since we wanted to go and stand in the middle and we only have three fighters is unafraid um i do think there's some risk always in playing unafraid if your opponent really is just like i'm gonna stay as far away from you as physically possible yeah uh but i tend to find that most warbands don't do that these days um, <laughs> somebody will charge forward usually uh and with only three fighters getting them all nearby that enemy fighter is not usually too difficult yeah i'm i'm all right with including that um i think uh you're gonna be in getting mixed up um we can as with anything we can pull it if we feel like we're running into trouble with it later but uh yeah yeah i I think uh i think that's a fine inclusion and i think enraged can actually force the matter um Uh, in some cases sure um it it won't happen all the time but i mean there will be situations where you're like everywhere you go when you charge you're going to be within two of all my fighters yeah um so i think that that's pretty solid play here uh do you have any universals that jumped out to you? Uh, it was it was a little tough. Uh, path to victory was a possibility because you're trying to get kills. It does yeah. kind of force you onto an objective, so that's not great. Um, second objective, I think, is what hurts there, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that that felt like too much to ask cuz you'd have to have two specifically uh positioned and that's that's maybe a little too much um these guys have a number of pings so chum felt possible they they mm-hmm. have some higher damage profiles so you may just accidentally be killing people as they <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> which which you know there's worse problems to have um but uh that's that's in the uh, conversation for me yeah, I think Chum is reasonably reliable. Um, you, like you said, if you run pings, you can almost guarantee it. But uh, you know, there's there's a bit of a uh, push and pull of like how many. If I'm playing like push forward aggro, stand down, cover hexes, how many pings can I afford to put in the deck, kind of thing. Yeah, and for, to make Chum reliable, you need 
probably more than one way to make it happen. So, yeah, um, I like it, uh, but I, I do worry a little bit about it as well. <laughs> um, one that I think is interesting, and this is actually one that uh, I I've seen a couple times now from our local Wormsbat player is uh, Cryptic Clues. Mm. So normally this would be terrible because you have to have all your friendly fighters on a feature token in a cover hex or in a lethal hex. But with only three fighters, that's actually not too terrible. Um, And it gets easier if you lose a fighter. Sure. But you do have to have two. So if you lose both of them or if you lose two of your three, you're out. But... um, it's it's not too hard to imagine moving forward onto an objective or a cover hex and then mm. finding some way to get a third fighter onto one if you know you need it. So it kind of fits with the, like, let's score stuff as we move forward, but um, it has its risks as well. Sure. Uh, so let's see. We have Worshipped in Battle, a Glorious Battle, a Worthy Offering, are our three infaction ones. We've thrown out, a, oh, and we've got uh, Unafraid. Mm-hmm. So um so we just need two we just need two uh we have uh three of ours are two glory uh end phases so far and one of them is a oneer. i think there's room for another reliable oneer, and i would uh, suggest wasteland for that yeah i think that the chances of there being an objective in your territory are pretty low uh yeah unless your opponent uses step between shadows and then dunks on you but uh that's a risk i guess we'd probably have to be willing to take yeah um i don't know what else we would put in uh that is going to be as reliable yeah um uh which leaves us just one more uh we got all our surges are our single um glory so right now we are looking at let's see uh, we've got 11 and then three of them give us and one more glory. So we're at, we're at 14, but we're still short one objective. So mm-hmm. that'll put us on track for a 15 or 16 glory. Yeah. Uh, deck with aggro. I'm okay. Trying that we've, we've put some fairly reliable ones in there. Yeah. One glory, uh, so. Do we just put in proud commander to round it out? Hmm. <laughs> it's third end phase, but it's like, if we have reliable scoring, it's, hard to stop i don't know if that is that's interesting could be proud commander uh, so it's uh, here we're making the decision between like proud commander chum or cryptic clues yeah that's uh, kind of where we're at so um i'm gonna say chum for now but let's circle back around if we don't feel like we've got the if we didn't feel like we had room for ping or something like that sure um i do I'm I I'm mixed on proud commander. Uh, when uh, I promise it can't help you along the way, it and then <laughs> so you're effectively operating with 14 until you until you get there. Um, well, I don't know. What what do you want? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. What do you think, chum or proud? Uh, I I think. I think we probably go with chum. Like you say, I think it it forces our hand a little bit in the gambits, but I don't think that's a bad thing. All right. I think think meta shifts, if holding is less important, um, you don't bring chum as much. Sure. Because you do, like, 
we're not going to probably have the distraction-esque options to force people onto cover hexes. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I can, for listeners who are um, building along, I, I think we see that almost swappable with proud. Like we're, we're real close on that one way or the other. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's our, that's our 12 all right. uh, on objectives. So we've got a solid list of objectives. I think they're all pretty passive really. Um, there's only like one that we have to get a kill for truly. Yeah. And then everything else is going to kind of come along as we go. So that's pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, so how about some gambits to help support that strategy? What sure. do we want to do here? Uh, I think we agree that you need speed. Um, you need some way of closing the gap. That is for sure. Yeah, actually, man, while we're talking about ways of closing the gap, <laughs> uh, and since we often start with infaction stuff, uh, let's just take a second to appreciate Call of Blood. Oh, my God. Oh my God. This card. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to read it out here. So it is a prayer. It is restricted to Drom. Um, this is choose up to two fighters. That's friendly or enemy. Push each chosen fighter one hex towards the nearest fighter from an enemy warband. So whatever is enemy relative to that chosen fighter. If a chosen fighter has one or more blood tithe counters, you can remove one of that fighter's blood tithe counters. Uh, if you do push the chosen fighter up to two hexes towards the nearest fighter from an enemy warband instead, weirdly, if there's a mirror match, you can be removing enemy blood tithe there. <laughs> yeah, you, but uh, <laughs> wow, what a play! <laughs> um, holy cow! So this is like a directional double distraction or a directional double sidestep. Yeah. Or if you're willing to burn blood tithe on it, you can push two of your guys two towards the enemy. Yeah. Uh, you could do if you have like two fighters and you really want them to kiss, you can, you know, have them each push one towards the other. Uh, <laughs> or you, if you're your own, you could burn blood tithe on it. So you could, you could close a gap of three spaces yeah. uh, between two fighters, pick an enemy and pick a, pick a gore chosen, burn their blood tithe and move the enemy one towards you and you two towards the enemy. That's, uh, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of distance between those two fighters before they were pushed, right? Because if you pushed them in one and you up two, there was four hexes in between, right? Because uh, no, yeah, no, three, but yeah. uh, but they three. were four away. But you're four like away. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you could have been That's out of range thinking. of most shooting attacks. Yeah, you're out, uh, out of out and of then all of a sudden you're base everything. to base. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, most of the time when a warband has double pushes. It's for small fighters that are less impactful. Yeah. Um, unless you're deaf. <laughs> uh, but we don't need it. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I really like this card. I, it is restricted. You have to have drama live to use it. But like, I don't see how you're ever not bringing this. At, at the very worst, you could just push your two other dudes forward one hex and they just go towards enemy fighters, and which is what you want to be doing. And that's yeah. great. Uh, or you push two enemy fighters off of their feature tokens. Like a yeah. double distraction is pretty nuts. Yeah, this is powerful enough that I'm I'm saying fine on the restriction. Yes, 
in fact, have we had other than Wanchi's device in the Starblood Stalkers? Have we had any other double distraction cards? Mm, I mean, only if you're really cleverly engineering your center of attention or right back in the day, the, um, was it, uh, something prize, um, irresistible yeah, prize, irresistible which prize. was center of attention just on a, uh, objective. objective. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> talk about disruption, um, and so flexible. I think that's probably the, maybe the strongest thing about it is like, you can just make sure that it fits whatever need you currently have. Yeah. Like that a lot. So, uh, got that one in there right away. Easy choice. Hmm. So that's a one push, I guess. Uh, so you can kind of go two different ways with speed, right? You can either make your fighters faster mm-hmm. or you can just move fighters with things like pushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we think we want more push tech or more speed tech? Uh, I usually default to, uh, pushes. I think there is one, uh, one actually new card that I thought was worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is depth charging. Yeah. It's a domain gambit. Uh, it is in here with the, uh, gore chosen universals. Um, and this is, uh, plus one move to friendly fighters, move actions that end in enemy or no one's territory. This effect persists until the end of the round or until another domain gambit is played. Uh, that feels pretty boss uh it's it's kind of eternal chase that doesn't affect the enemy and doesn't have the like the weird hunter quarry things yeah uh, but it'll let you get it'll let you get uh Herex up to speed five yep pretty nice pretty solid and, uh, these are these are all the directions you're headed for anyway and so what what's attractive about this is is effectively you can you can get money your money's worth out of it three three times um um Hopefully. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, yeah. most likely going to be the case. Um, sure. Uh, I definitely think it goes in. I think it's a strong option, especially for three move four bands. Um, you obviously not having, being able to show people the card, but you'll be able to go see it over on the blog. It does have uh, hex banes on it when it seems like it matches them pretty well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I think they like it. Yeah. Um, but so I, I get even faster. I agree. They, (laughs) this, this should be good. And, uh, and unlike, um, eternal chase, uh, you can, you can make a fighter who's speed four even faster. So, you know, if they're inspired, they're all speed five now. And it's, yeah, it's pretty nice. So there's two pieces of movement tech. Um, I don't think there's any other movement tech in the new cards are there uh nothing screaming out at me yeah um, yeah um i mean there's a there is a new in in the uh, deadly depths card pack there is another new universal double push but you have to move your friendly fighters so that they end that push uh either on a cover hex or in enemy territory yeah, you know, actually, that that might be worth taking here. That actually is pretty strong, isn't yeah. it? Like, it's it's pretty uh, decent because it's choose up to two. So if you only have one, yeah, uh, that's true. Like once you're in enemy territory, it's just a it's just a free double push. It's a free double push if you have two in there. If you only have one who's made it in enemy territory, it's a sidestep, sidestep strong. 
Yeah, um, yeah that's that's fair. Um, and and this if, is called "We Must Go Deeper." I should have started yeah. with the name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So then we have a that's a third piece of movement tech. Do we go for four? Uh, let's look around elsewhere. Um, yeah, I and then come back to it uh, if we want. I guess right um, right off the bat, though, if I were to just earmark one to come back to, it would be center of attention. I think I had exactly the same thought because um, <laughs> because it does. Uh, it's just so flexible. There's so many different things that yeah. it does. So yep. Um, okay. So other other things. Um, so I think uh, we're a warband that wants to get in the thick of things. And unfortunately, that does mean rolling some dice. Uh, so we probably want to grab something that adds some accuracy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a new card that we're going to see a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a Corrupted Companion. Is this one we're thinking yeah, of here? Yeah. Uh, it is... Uh, it is choose one friendly fighter, deal one damage to the chosen fighter, plus two dice to the first attack action made by the chosen fighter in the next activation step. If the chosen fighter is a companion, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So. Uh, it, you know if it applies to you. Uh, most of the time it won't. Um, plus two dice at any range. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, Universal. I think we'll be seeing this a lot. I think Molog is going to terrify some people uh, coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, oof. Yeah. Uh, Um, This is uh, reminiscent of things like Haymaker, which were all over the place back in the day. Yeah. These uh, plus two. Plus two, yeah. It it is basically exactly um, Blood Offering from the Reavers, uh, Mm, which is also deal one damage to a fighter. They get plus two dice in their next attack action, which I always felt like it was very balanced because it was a for reavers. Um, this is probably not. Uh, I also yeah. think this is probably going to be uh, getting restricted. But uh, as of right now, uh, it definitely won't be. And it should be very good. So get it in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think any, de- any deck that needs a pretty big accuracy boost is probably putting it in. Yeah. Um. There is uh, something like live for the fight we could put in there. There's um, King of the Deeps. Uh, King of the Deeps is plus one dice uh, or plus two if one of your attack actions are greater than the target's wound characteristic. Yeah, Um, I think um, the Gore Hulk could probably make some work with that uh if you give Mm -hmm. him any sort of damage upgrade he's suddenly four damage and there's a lot of fighters now that don't have four wounds so uh getting plus two dice against those fighters feels pretty nice um Mm -hmm. and just plus one dice isn't bad either so i mean that's flexibility Mm -hmm. i would be fine with either of those options um i i don't know that there's another accuracy boost um, that I would be super happy about taking. So, yeah, uh, let's mark it for King of the Deeps right now, since you can get up on some uh, damage and yeah, go over there. Sounds good. So we are at what four surges we've locked uh, in at this point? Uh, gambits. I've got us actually on. Oh yeah, six. gambits. Six. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, 
Call of Blood, our, our push that we're in love with. Depth mm-hmm. Charging, which is a speed boost. Yep. Uh, we Must Go Deeper is another double push. Center mm-hmm. Attention, which is a flexible do-everything card. Okay. Yeah. All right. uh, Corrupted Companion, King of the Deep. So two accuracy, three speeds, and then one very flexible push. Okay. So uh, at this point, we can kind of go a number of different directions. Uh, do we look at pings to put in for making chum more reliable um mm. i think we almost have to right yeah i think that's a good idea so uh, there's the obvious of suffocating mists yeah uh, there's the good in faction this is uh having having used uh the lumineth the uh, miari's purifiers sort of version um there's blood boil which is choose a fighter within two hexes of a friendly drum deal one damage to the chosen fighter. Uh, two's a pretty big bubble. Uh, having it just be around the one fighter though is, is a little challenging, restrictive. Um, yeah. And if he goes down, then that's a dead card. So I think the safer pick is suffocating miss. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know you're not going to want to hear this, so we'll make this a, an option one way or the other, but uh, blind gamble here. You, uh, <laughs> You've got a couple of potential uh, range two and high quality I'm, attacks here. I'm more okay with it. I think uh, for these guys, knowing that you you probably only have one objective you're going to care about with these guys, so it's like yeah. I can remember one number. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The the ping off of it, I think, is more difficult but uh Mm. because you're just gonna have to know what numbers your opponents are on but i think it's also doable so yeah that probably is a solid choice free attacks or ping um kind of fits into both of the things we're trying to do um blind gamble gamble. there you go yeah um so that's that's two yeah uh and worth, worth noting, remember that it's an activation is what gets you blood tithe. So if you're making a, an attack yes. action off of this, you won't be able to get blood tithe from it. Correct. It has to be during uh, the activation step. I, uh, while we're talking about pings, I have to bring up this card. It is also restricted, but in a, <laughs> in a rare play, uh, we haven't really gotten into There's a ton of uh, prayers and such that are restricted to Drom. Uh, yeah. This one is restricted to Gorehulk. Yeah. It's called Overhead Smash. They should have just called it Gorehulk Smash. <laughs> play this only in a power step following your activation. You cannot play this in your last power step of the round. Choose a fighter adjacent to a friendly Gorehulk at the start of your next activation. Deal two damage to the chosen fighter if they are adjacent to a friendly Gorehulk. When this card deals damage, you can remove one blood tithe counter from a friendly Gorehulk. If you do, this card deals three damage to the f- chosen fighter instead. Oh boy. Whoa. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's basically a kill on a ploy, which yeah. is insane. <laughs> the thing I worry about with this card, like when I first read it, I was like, oh my goodness, they really put this in here. They're just going to let you kill somebody in the power step. And then I was like, you have to wait yeah the whole activation before yep. this triggers and a whole power step uh potentially i mean it'll be in your power step that you play it and then your opponent could react during your power step and then mm-hmm. there's the activation and then the next power step and then it triggers 
So I do worry that maybe you won't be able to lock somebody down to actually deal the damage. But man, if you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Whoo boy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you made somebody charge. Yeah. And so then they, they have a charge have any push cards <laughs> in hand. Um, yeah. I really like the card. I don't know that it fits great into our strategy right now. Right. Um, but I'd be tempted to try it. <laughs> I, I just on the basis of it being like really fun looking, um, is is uh, something that uh, makes it particularly tempting. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? The uh, oh, the other ping dimension from the faction is uh, wound the realm. Oh it's also goodness. restricted to Jom. Choose one fighter within one hex of no one's territory. Deal one damage to the chosen fighter. When you play this card, you can remove all blood tithe counters, at least one from a friendly drum. And if you do, deal one damage to each fighter within one hex of no one's territory instead. So, like, there's just a huge, I don't know, lava explosion burns straight through the the middle of the board and uh, gets yeah. some kills. Uh the flavor text for this card is a blow that sunders the very realm itself. Yeah. Uh, and the art definitely looks like that is what happened. Um, yeah. I, I mean, obviously we're not playing this, right? Uh, no, <laughs> but I think that there is a deck for this, um, but it's definitely an oddball. Uh, that is very close to a shard gale in some games mm. and shard gale was busted whack in the day so uh i think this is a card to keep your eye on i think this is a card to experiment with i do not think this is a card as a first try right um so definitely keeping it out but it is another ping and it's pretty interesting all Um, right there is we are still at uh seven gambits just just a quick update there um there is one other uh universal well not quite universal but there's a a ping that uh it's a little hard to use but um might have some interesting applications is chaotic paths Mm. i don't know how much i like this card but i kind of like the the flexibility of it so it's chaos restricted which obviously is fine for us you choose an enemy fighter with no mover charge tokens so that's already kind of Eh. but then you deal one damage to that fighter which okay if we need to just put damage on somebody to get chum uh obviously they can just move but like if it's the choice between stand on this hex for the another round or be damaged and potentially give up chum i'm not feeling too terrible about that option Mm. and then the other uh mode on this is that you scatter three from the fighter's hex and push that fighter along the chain to the end of the hex um and if it's interrupted you can't push them any further um that i don't think the second part comes up as much because they won't have a mover charge token but pulling people out of position is not a bad thing yeah i i think my uh vote against this stems entirely from your opponent being able to be the one to make the choice so if they, if you oh, say, yes, your, yeah. your opponent, their fight, ah, never mind. Yep. Yeah. I missed that part. <laughs> uh, so your target yeah. is already pretty restricted and then they're going to pick the thing that yeah, they're going to just, if they're, scatter. if they're way in the back, they say, oh, sure, I'll take it down. I'd rather take a damage than, 
then get pulled in towards one of your big guys or mm-hmm. say, uh, I think you might be working on chum. I'm just going to scatter off of this. No big yeah. deal. Um, there's, uh, there's some in faction that I am pretty interested in still. Sure. Uh, we're, we're kind of in, so we've got, uh, a ping two accuracy, three speeds and a utility push is where we're at right now. Yeah. Um, there, there is one, uh, they have, there's like three prayers, domain prayers that, uh, drum can do. Yeah. Uh, they're all fine. One I'm looking at looks particularly disruptive and this is domain of wrath. Uh, when activated fighters must make a charge action if they can, this effect persists until the end of the next activation or until another domain gambit is played. Um, I think, I think this is the one that is like situationally crazy. Yeah. Um, it could really where you can just destroy yeah. someone's game plan. Right. Right. Um, like playing this into, um, uh, playing this into the exiled dead is real rough for them. Yeah. Uh, cause this prevents Markov or Dintelos doing their special thing. Um, if they, if they have the ability, if they're in a position where they would be able to charge, and they'll have to charge. Yeah. If they're not, then uh, then they can kind of get away with it. So, and it really I, messes up Dantelos because he's got that range three attack. Exactly. So, um, you can move somebody close enough to have him throw a, a little stagger ping out, and then make him charge out from behind his wall. Um, I don't. I I just wanted to keep that in mind. The other ones there was. Uh, what do you think of blood curdling roar? This is a reaction uses before you would remove one or more blood tithe counters from a friendly fighter with zero or more blood tithe counters. When you do, you're considered to remove one additional blood tithe counter. So it's basically, it's kind of like a free blood tithe. Um, I, yeah. So it lets you enrage you have, for free. Go ahead. It only, it only will let you do stuff for free if you already have zero. Right. Because, you're con- it's when you remove a blood tithe, you are considered to have removed one additional blood tithe. So if the removal would be zero, you would count as one. But if you oh, have so this one, when you when you would remove one, so I'm about to when you do you consider remove one. Hmm, I see what you're saying. Interesting. I, I don't think you can choose to not remove blood tithe and still get the effect. But I think if you have zero, you could say, I want to remove a blood tithe. But because you mm. don't have any to remove, you're counted as removing one more, and then it still triggers. Uh, I see. Okay, that's less helpful then. Yeah, it, it lets you do blood tide things when you're down to zero, and it lets you enrage when you're one short. Uh, when you're one short, um, which is not nothing, but it's not as cool. All right. Yeah, I think we'll it probably started differently. I would be my guess, um, mm. and they were probably like, it's too good. A free blood tithe on anything is too good. I could be yeah. wrong, but I, that's how I was reading it. Yeah. Because it doesn't say instead, like, you get one. It's it's like, because it's saying, like, when you do remove, you know, the blood tithe, you're counting yep. as removing one more. Um, I, I think Domain of Fury is pretty disruptive. Um, so when a fighter begins a move, that move action cannot end further from the closest enemy fighter. Mm, that's a good point. So, and I guess it goes, it's it's worth mentioning all the domain 
uh, ploys can be made to be persisting. Mm -hmm. You have to remove a blood tithe, but then they remain for the remainder of the round. Um, I don't... The thing that I struggle with with these is it's like they all seem situationally amazing. And then there might just be cases where your opponent's like, okay, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, well, dang it. I played that. Uh, And not that it's really come up much to date, but the volume of domains here starts to become a potential problem as well. Mm -hmm. They all cancel each other. So, and we already have one domain in our deck with uh, depth charging. Yeah. So I do, I do like domain of fury and domain of wrath. I think domain of blood, which is fighters cannot be healed or driven back. I like eh. it's situ again, situationally could be good, but like, most of the time, I don't think I care. I'd be fine with either Domain of Wrath or Domain of Fury, but I do wonder if, do we go for a more guaranteed benefit or a bigger blowout in the situations where it's useful? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, we're we're hitting a lot of the faction cards here, but there is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have talked about a lot of them. There's uh, I one card I think I do want to include. Um, this kind of sidestepping that whole conversation. Yeah, Skin of brass. <laughs> yeah an easy choice. Yeah, choose one friendly fighter. This is also a prayer, so you need drama live. Choose one friendly fighter, minus one damage to attack actions that target the chosen fighter to a minimum of one, persist until the end of round or until the chosen fighter is dealt damage. Uh, pretty great. Yep. People are really big uh, for good reason on Death Soldiers, which is a, a better version of this, but this is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to have somebody who's up in harm's way, and you just make sure that... They are more likely to survive that attack slash get blood tithe off of it. Yeah, uh, it, it could even be to the point where it's like your opponent will ignore the fighter that you put this on entirely, which may be mm. exactly what you want um, if you play it on drum, for instance. Right. Uh, that puts us at eight gambits. Need two more. Yep. Uh, universal or otherwise. Is there anything jumping at you? So let's let's just put in one of the domain of either wrath or fury just to try it um and see how it goes uh i think maybe wrath is a bigger blowout so uh we can start there and then for our last one i mean pushes are not terrible to have um yeah so we could always just take another push uh i don't know if there's one that you'd like to have but I guess if I were to pick one right now, if I was just like pick a pick a push, I'd probably say Cover of Darkness. I could do that, sure. Um, just because it's two and it gets us onto cover, and situationally preventing gambit damage might come up. I've pretty much never used that mode though. Yeah, well, Mark, your Cover of Darkness and your mileage may vary. If you want something that can't accidentally get blocked, then uh, then uh, reach for uh mirror move or sidestep or um counter charge actually you know what counter charge could be pretty interesting uh maybe i'm thinking that too far with this but if you use uh enrage you can use counter charge off the enrage whoa okay (laughs) because they're making a charge so after they finish their move then you get to push three up to that fighter yeah uh, all right just, surround just for that crazy mad science <laughs> expert we're we're doing counter charge okay uh but i think i think we agree that 10th slot is some kind of push or uh 
or some sort of utility mighty mighty swing or it's your it's your flavor there's so many possibilities here and i think they'd all be fine and it's sort of like just figure out what works best yeah there's the uh what's the uh the brawler one um that has you scatter forwards oh yeah uh reckless no uh barging forward um both a ping and a push i i've had some i tried it um with reavers and had some pretty poor success with it so (laughs) i'm a little off the card just because there were times where i was like i only need like to push one or two and smash is the most likely. So I'll just line up smash roll, no smash and end up in this situation where I'm like, am I going to be pushing away from where I wanted to go? Like, uh, usually I could maneuver it. So I just ended up like kind of sides, you know, sideways moving or ending up similar positioning to where I was wanting to go. But, Oh boy, you gotta be fond of the gamble there. Um, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, that's uh flavor as you choose on that tenth. I think we're going with counter charge for now. Yeah. Um, upgrades. Upgrades. Uh, I guess we'll we'll start infection and try not to read every single one again. <laughs> I I don't think there will be too much risk of that here, though. Um, most of their infection upgrades are not amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I think the one that is is retaliate, and I think you pretty yep. much have to bring this. Um, yeah. It's not as good as what is the crushes one that's how you have reaction gambit. Um, uh brutal reprisal. Yeah. Probably. You can't you can't ambush anybody with this because it is an upgrade, so they'll know that it's there, but um that's not a bad thing either. Uh yeah. but so it's a basically the same. It's a reaction after you get hit to then punch back range one or two. Um they kind of changed the wording a little bit. So your fighter, it doesn't stop your fighter from being driven back, but the attack reaction happens before the drive back step and you are not allowed to drive back the attacker. So yeah, this is a good catch on your part. I I did not notice um, that uh, the timing window meant that you didn't have to worry about getting driven, driven back. uh, So yeah, I think, I think that one's still pretty good. And um, if, if it's just a, an attack deterrent, that's also mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to break this after you make the attack, so you still only get the one one option. Like you don't get to just keep doing it over and over again. But um, <laughs> it's still really good. Um, yeah, it is limited to range one or two, but that shouldn't matter. You don't have range three in the warband, and I think that um, you're not likely to have a lot of uh, upgrades to give it um i i am pretty sure that's the only infection that i'm taking most of the time yeah there's some situational stuff um that you know prevents drivebacks or different things but i i don't think they're i think you're gonna find universals more uh universally helpful yeah there's one i just want to mention um because i think there's like some weird really weird play with it but i i i think on the whole it probably isn't actually all that good uh it's called final frenzy you play it on a fighter and that fighter cannot be taken out of action the effect does not prevent damage being dealt um at the end of the action phase you break the card and when the card is broken the fighter is taken out of action so Mm -hmm. 
you are using this probably only when a fighter looks like they're already going to be dead or if they you know if it's your only fighter left and you're just like well i need to do a lot of work here in round three with drums reach two acts and i can't afford mm-hmm. for him to die so here we go we get a whole round of drum no matter what yeah um this is a very different strategy to what the we're trying to do and probably what you really ever want to be doing with these guys, but uh, could be interesting. There's, there's some weird play there. So something yeah. for all you mad scientists out there. Sure. Um, I, I, I'm going to say maybe we also think about crazed rampager um, plus yeah. to move while it's making a charge action. Uh, it is. I worth think maybe having, I think maybe having one, I'm going to write it down. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go just, uh, having one upgrade speed, um, in there is probably worth doing. Yep. Yep. I think it's probably worth it. And the plus two is pretty big. So yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but otherwise universals. Yeah. So some universals, we've got some, uh, you know, there's a number of different things that we could be looking for here. I think given that you already have two large fighters, you probably just go ahead and just throw in uh, great fortitude because there's really no downside to making large fighters bigger. Uh, before we put in great fortitude, you put in gifted bulk. It's the, uh, yes. Um, I, I mean, yeah. maybe you just throw in both. Uh, you can get sure. it, the gifted bulk chaos one you can get for free. Right. So yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I guess that's a fair question though. Do you just do both? Do you use two slots for wounds? Yeah, sure. Let's see if we run out of room for other stuff. Let's yeah. start with that and we'll come sure. back and cut. All right. Give the bulk great fortitude. Um, okay. Uh, this is not, I mean, we're going to get some damage buffs in there in a second. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, what was the other one? that i was oh i really think phantom darts might be a pick here i do too um i there's no there's no restriction on what kind of attack action generates blood tithe so if you can chip damage on your way in with uh with those darts then you can have blood tithe by the time you arrive yeah um and you know if if you're in a situation where you're just content to sit in the middle sometimes you just need a range three attack Yep. Um, range two just might not cut it because your opponent's like, hey, I can stand here and be out of threat range. And you're like, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you start chucking these grievous range three attacks. Mm-hmm. Not bad at all. Um, some other options, um, I guess, maybe just worth mentioning in illusions here. I also thought Phantom Spear might make sense because it does give you another innate range two attack. Um, not as essential. I don't know that mm. we put it down, but it's something to consider because reach is important. Sure. Uh, let's see. We're on five right now. We got to retaliate. Yeah. Uh, Crazed Rampager, Gifted Bulk, Great Fortitude, Phantom Darts. Uh, obviously, we're going to have great strength in here. Yep. Definitely. Gets us to six. Great strength. I We do have a spot for Restricted. Do we put in Berserker Rage? Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, put it on the it. Gore Hulk, so he's yeah th- uninspired. Three fury, four damage. Yeah, I don't know that we care about his one block all that much anyway. 
Okay, I like it. Try it. Okay. Let's see if we find something else restricted, we could pull that. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, let's see. There is reflecting mask. This is a relatively new uh, reaction after an activation step in which this fighter was dealt damage by an enemy fighter's range one or two attack action, deal two damage to the enemy fighter, then break this card. Yeah. Um, so you do have to survive the attack, but you get to put two damage back on them for hitting you. And with big fighters, that's probably coming up. Um, I like it. Uh, is it the best choice? Uh, I don't know. I would definitely put it in just to try it out, but I don't know if that's uh, the correct choice. Um, mm. In a similar vein, you have blood rack mask. Um, if an opposing fighter moves adjacent to this fighter, uh, they take one damage. Um, you can trigger that with enrage. Mm. I guess you can also trigger reflecting mask. You make somebody with a bad attack charge you. And if they hit you, you get to put two damage on them. Yeah. Um, kind of like both of those, but, um, I mean, you could always just be bringing things like Duelist speed or, uh, soundless step or glory seeker. Um, mm. and also be <laughs> getting those types of things. Um, because they're just universally strong effects. So I don't know. Uh, where where do you, where are you leaning? Are you wanting more just like generically useful things or do you want to lean more into their weird like hey, I want you to come and hit me sort of stuff? <laughs> uh I think I think I tend to uh, creep back towards um, generically useful. Uh, we have yeah, let's see. So we've got two damage buffs right now. One of them being Berserker Rage. Yep. Uh, we're at seven upgrades to our health. Um, I think yeah, you've got you got one range two fighter, one situational range two fighter. Um, so I think Duelist Speed or uh, Soundless Step are both reasonable picks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. It. it doesn't matter too much duelist speed technically could give you a push after you retaliate that's the only time it would be better than soundless step i think um in this yeah i think you probably just go ahead and take soundless right because if you yeah. just need to move and then push one more to be in position yeah uh-huh. or go on guard you know those late, oh sure late rounds you can say all right i'm gonna go on guard so i can step yeah, one and push. that'll get me one closer yeah. to be able to do yeah, start thing. start doing the thing yeah right. so soundless uh, seems yeah. good <laughs> two two more savage strength for as much longer as it's in is yeah that's totally available very solid um uh especially since you only have one defense dice each i guess thinking about speed boosts um, as well, since you mentioned Savage Strength, do we switch out the Universal Savage Speed for the Infaction uh, Crazed Rampager? They both give oh, us two moves, I but see. one is for anything and the other is only on charges. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. With the understanding that once it rotates, you probably yeah, just, you just go, go back. Or we can take the advice of Nick uh, and make our speed boost be uh driven by envy instead uh yeah also good um i don't know how many times you'll be diving onto opposing leaders but if it'll just come up every once in a while hmm. 
I think given our game plan right now, I'm less interested in Driven by Envy just because, well, because I think we mostly would want the speed early, right? Mm-hmm. And Driven by Envy doesn't help as much early with this Warband. Sure. Playtesting may prove that to be wrong, but <laughs> I think for right now, I'd, I'd rather have plus two speed to get up to speed five on the speed three guys. Sure. Um, we have one more slot, and I think it should probably be an accuracy upgrade. We've got yep. some in Gambits. Um, there is reroll stuff. There's this weird Lurking Horror one. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I think Lurking Horrors is very good and not too weird at all. <laughs> uh, plus one dice says fighters attack actions. After this fighters attack roll, remove one attack dice from that roll. So it's uh, roll an extra and then drop the lowest sort of thing. Yeah, which usually you won't ro- roll successes on all your dice. So yeah, it's basically... And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it has another thing on it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, reaction. After your activation step, if this fighter is in a cover hex, push this fighter one hex. Uh, I don't know why so you'd want to do that. But... Right, right. And it is optional. Yeah. Uh, I know plenty of reasons why you'd want like, I mean, it's, it's basically a, a very, very situational soundless step that you'd be able to have for this guy. Um, yes, that's true. If you, if you were to have the, um, the availability, uh, to put, uh, darkening stone, then it just means, <laughs> yeah, and it's not, a, it's not even after this fighter takes an it's activation, separate. it's after your activation step. Oh, so, man, actually that is a crazy combination. <laughs> <laughs> whoa uh yeah okay i mean it's not going to happen for these guys but there's something to keep in mind for other warbands um yeah, yeah actually i really like that one uh, and i'm glad that you mentioned it because it is um i even put it in the notes what am i <laughs> um <laughs> it is plus one dice at any range uh i know you have to drop one of the dice but most of the time there will be a not success that you can drop yeah um i think that that is very good i think it's gonna be terrifying on Molog. um yeah (laughs) but you know uh, it's just good um plus one dice is always good yeah uh because the only other plus one dice option right now is the bite what is it called uh ferocious Ferocious bite Bite, and that is restricted to range one so yeah we wouldn't run that here, I don't think. No. Um, I guess there's sort of a sideways accuracy boost if you want to take weapons instead, but I don't know mm-hmm. that these guys need weapons. I don't think so. Um, I think they have enough going on here that you can just kind of work on their uh, profiles that yeah. they have. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that gets us to um, a 32-card deck. Yeah. I guess I will mention because it's new and it's coming in uh, the universals for Gore Chosen. If you were looking to both get access to a slight increase in accuracy and you wanted some reach, the Cursed Boarding Pike is probably a card you're going to see a lot going forward. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Um, This is a attack action upgrade that is reach to four fury for two damage. Holy moly. Uh, (laughs) But like all the other cursed weapons, the bounty gained is uh spent unless the fighter is on a feature token when they take the fighter out of action yeah i i almost don't care (laughs) (laughs) um if i need a range to attack uh probably come in here because 
wow four fury um yeah it's very accurate and as anyone who has been terrorized by crits knows more dice is more opportunities at crits and yeah it feels bad uh cam is going to be happy for this he uh, he's uh on our yeah. team he's uh got a lot of spears in his deck and this is a cool spear i i think we forgot to mention one of the new universal upgrades as well and that is oh, on me. dark parasites mm, yeah uh yep. this this is going to be i think replacing a lot of decks um savage strength and this is plus one damage to enemy fighters range one attack actions that target this fighter but you get that sounds terrible it sounds awful i know i know (laughs) but bear with me there's another clause it doesn't just make your opponent's fighters better uh you then get plus one damage and grievous to your fighters range one and two attack actions so a potential plus two damage at the expense of making adjacent fighters get plus one damage against you yeah uh there are definitely going to be situations where you do not care <laughs> it actually goes pretty nice with uh cursed boarding pike sure as well, does. Throwing so many um dice. now of course you'd probably either only put this on a small enough fighter where you don't care about plus one damage where you're like i would have died anyway mm. um or you put it on a big enough fighter that they're like yeah okay you can deal one more damage to me but i'll probably be able to live or, or you put it on a fighter who's making their uh, making their hay off of uh, high defensive stats. Yeah, if you, you know, got like three so. dodge or something, and you're just like, well, I'll take the I'll take the gamble. Um, I'll take the chance that you might try to hit me. Some weird combos there, but I think for this deck right now, we probably don't need it. Um, but I think it could very easily be slotted in for one of our other damage boosts. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that'll be available. It's it's interesting to be doing this because we are we have seen all the cards now i think for uh nether maze so yeah and the i mean i don't want to say that like the new card packs coming out are bad or anything because they're not but like i think the power level between harrow deep and nether maze and dire chasm and beast grave is so different that it feels like there's not as many options as there used to be Mm. Uh, maybe that's just my perception but uh yeah, it, it's tough, you know, and now there's no, we're, we're not getting a bunch of hunger cards print, printed, which is nice. So like the universals are coming out. Um, you can actually use all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, rotation as, as it always is, will be an interesting time, but we don't know how far off that is. No, we don't. So, so we might have a few months uh, hanging out with this, which yeah. I hope to do. So I, I would think sometime before the end of the year but like it could be december uh we could have this for the next three months and this would be the meta that we were in and i'd be pretty happy with that there's a lot to experiment with still sure um we are experimenting with one of our longest episodes of all time right now (laughs) so it's it's stretching on i think it it doesn't help that we didn't have a uh a solid deck in mind before we started talking about it but yep you got the full organic i'm going to run it down real quick here with uh what we ended up uh taking if that sounds cool and then yep, we'll let's uh, do it all right so uh for surges we've got savage slaughter un uh untouchable fury surge of aggression contest of equals sudden revelation and horrors in the dark uh, our end phases are worshipped in battle, glorious battle, a worthy offering, 
unafraid wasteland and chum the waters. Our gambits are call of blood, depth charging. We must go deeper, center of attention, corrupted companion, king of the deeps, blind gamble, skin of brass. Uh, I think we went domain of bra- uh, domain of wrath and countercharge. Yep. Uh, and then the upgrades were retaliate, savage speed, gifted bulk, great fortitude, phantom darts, great strength, berserker rage, soundless step, savage strength, and lurking horror. Yeah. Uh, sounds pretty solid to me. I, I, I mean, we'll obviously have to see three fighter warbands always make me a little anxious, but <laughs> I think with these guys being big enough, it'll be a little bit like crushes where you don't. You don't have to worry too much. You're not getting one shot in round one. That is pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I look I'm really to looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Jinx>. <laughs> uh, should be good. Um, we've we like like Davey said, we're, this has been long, so I think we're pretty well good to wrap up here. Uh, unless you got any final thoughts. No, I think we can uh, we can take it uh, take it to the house here. All right. As always, if you want to get in touch with us and if you've got any thoughts about cards that we missed or if you're like, man, why this this seems like a crazy choice on your part, uh, let us know at WTHCast on Twitter or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. Uh, we always appreciate all the feedback. Uh, you can also always find us in the discords. We're hanging out there. Um, if you want to check out any of the other content for the mortalrealms.com, including the blogs, uh, you can, if you didn't see the blogs from the last release, you can go check those out. They're up now. Uh, and hopefully the new blog post will be up at the same time as this episode. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, we will be doing a bat rep. Um, we're going to play this deck with the new Warband into something. Uh, yeah. Yet- uh, if yet to be determined, if you hear this episode, uh, we're probably recording, we're probably playing the game pretty soon after you hear this. Um, but if you want to lodge a vote for something you want to see him, uh, against, and, uh, this is pretty close to release date, drop us a line. Mm -hmm. Uh, you could influence what we play. Do you have any thoughts? Bill? any, any, I mean, it it could be interesting to just grab one of the war bands out of, uh, nether mains just because it's like, Hey, they're all in the same season. Um, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. you say, Hey, the two most recent releases, let's pair them up because while they don't do the paired releases anymore, it used to be kind of a fun way to yeah. be like, Hey, here's two war bands. Just throw them together. Let's see what happens. I, I had that same thought. I, it's because, uh, Hexbane does so many little attacks, uh, that's that's an environment that uh, uh, you might have some inspired uh, gore chosen. You, you might. I think you might have some really sad hex banes um, in this matchup too. Although, uh, I don't know. Same deal. Hex banes <laughs> given hard decisions. Yeah. They, yeah. They, let's see. They, it'll be interesting. Maybe we'll just yeah. do that one. I don't know if you're interested in playing them, but um, yeah, I, I think they're cool. Okay. Um, I guess as an aside, we could also put a. a listener question thing in the discord and see if anybody gives us any uh yeah let's do that uh did you prep a flavor text for today uh yeah uh, <laughs> and these are these are challenging because you only just gotten introduced to these cards oh but uh this is a quote attributed to skull grinder herrix uh and you may not figure out the name of the card you may know what the card does but uh here's what skull grinder herrix has to say pathetic <laughs> um 
I think this is one of their their upgrades that lets you choose like a mode when you make the attack by removing a blood tithe. I absolutely have no idea what it's called. Is this it? is this is a this is actually an objective. Oh, okay. Uh, he's dis he's disdaining black powder black powder's efforts. Oh, okay. I was way off. Um, <laughs> I do know what the card is. Then after that hint, um, that is the uh, that survived the attack one. I don't yeah. know what's it called. Un Untouchable fury. Untouchable fury. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's black powder. One of yeah. the biggest attacks in the game. <laughs> Pathetic. Yeah, skull grinder is just like. He looks like he's like, yeah, party time, like ready for the club or whatever. And he's just getting impaled on a cutlass. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's how you use a cutlass, but uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's certainly probably not the most effective way, but you know, he's big yeah. enough. He can make it. He can make it work. Sure. Uh, All right. Sweet. All right. Um, you got a recommended listening for folks. I do. I've, uh, I was telling you before we started, we're almost running out of like blood and skulls songs that I <laughs> already know. Um, so, uh, I, if we, if we have much more in the way of corn, I'm just going to have to like, I don't know, listen to a metal album. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like one Slayer <laughs> album. There you go. You got the rest <laughs> set forever. Uh, this is a frightened rabbit one. It's called backyard skulls. So Solid. there you have it. For what the hex? I've been Phil. And I've been Davey. have been recording for two hours and 19 minutes when i say now use this during a successful attack action that targets the fighter after the out of action check which happens right before drive back i believe because you don't drive back a fighter that's out of action right uh now i need to check <laughs> i'm i'm looking at it right here no i'm not <laughs> again <laughs> How uh, was Mean Girls? It was pretty good. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's you know, it's just the same as the movie, basically, but rewritten for the stage. Okay. Um, Never saw the movie, so I don't know. Okay, fair. Uh, comedy. Um, do you know the general idea of what it is? I think there's some girls who are mean in it. <laughs> <laughs>